0: Hello and welcome back to the Core Commentary Podcast. This is episode three. Uh, with me today, I have the varsity point guard Jacob Blue, as well as the varsity shortstop, who is also Jacob Blue. Funny how that works. So uh, Jacob's a senior. He's been playing both sports at a varsity level for how many years now?
1: Uh, both sports for four years. All four years. All four years. Oh, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> we had a big man in the studio today. Yeah. So uh, just gonna hop right into it. Always start with the same. Uh, question. So how did, how, what was your beginnings in the sports you played today? And then were there ever any other sports that you played that kind of phased out? Was it a priority thing?
1: Yeah, know, well, as you get started? Uh, growing up, I played soccer, basketball and baseball, but soccer really faded out because all the practices I would go to, my mom would always tell me that I would just start crying and then my <laughs> my brother would play in for me and I would never play. So that was never like it for me. He's, he's rather older. Andrew. Yeah, he's a, older. He goes to uh, junior okay. Tech too. And so... He he always played baseball and basketball, so I kinda just followed in his footsteps. And so I would always want to be like him. Mm. So that's why I wanted to play both those sports and he taught me basically everything I knew. So I would always like play with his friends and that's how I like grew that kind of toughness to me. So even though I'm not like that big, I would always just like play with the older guys. So I'm used to like playing with like bigger and stronger people. Did they go easy on you at all or was it always? No. It was <laughs> always just like <laughs> I would <laughs> always <laughs> just, it would always be a dog fight. I would I would usually lose, but it like <laughs> Put some toughness yeah, in Yeah, put some toughness
0: in Put some character. Yeah. So I assume you did all the youth sports cycles and stuff in Little League and yeah. playing youth basketball. How did how did getting started from an early age with that, like you mentioned doing stuff with your with your family, or like with your brother and his friends, but how did doing the more organized leads, how did that contribute to your skill set early? And then was there ever like a moment where you realized like, oh, this is something I really want to keep doing into high school?
1: Yeah. That? Well, I, I would always uh, prioritize baseball over basketball, really. <laughs> I would be on, I was on the travel team with all the guys from McLean. Mm-hmm. And then as I went into middle school, I went on like the Stars team. And that's when I started playing with like the better players, like like Bryce, Marcus, Bobby, Bannon, uh, Brett. And so that's when I really knew I could take a step in the next mm-hmm. level uh, going to high school. Because uh, we would go, we went down to a tournament in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And we played the number one team in the nation, the Banditos. And that right there, we had like 13 scouts and that kind of just, like, I was like, well, like, this is real this now. This is real. Yeah, like, I can... How old were you? I was 14 or 15, I think, an eighth grader. And it was it was pretty crazy. And then... Alabama's got some good baseball players. Yeah, and then yeah. basketball, I never really, like, enjoyed as much as baseball until eighth grade. And that's when I actually grew my most. So I was, I was actually the same height as most people in eighth grade. And so I got first team first team all league in eighth grade against mm-hmm. like a bunch of like pretty good kids, kids that went to Gonzaga and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest for basketball over baseball. Mm-hmm. And so going into uh, high school, making the varsity team, I kind of just, it elevated my interest and I really started prioritizing base basketball in like the summers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I quit playing uh travel baseball. Yeah, what's it like to be a freshman on the on the varsity teams? Is it ever, like, daunting at all? All those, you know, seniors, guys who are going to college for it? I mean, yeah, it, it would seem like that, but they're all, like, really cool dudes. And, like, mm-hmm. one of the guys, the captain on the team, Mason, Mason Davis, he was uh, one of my brother's friends. So I, like, knew him going in, and he, like, welcomed me, and mm-hmm. everyone, like, welcomed me to the team. And as long as I didn't, like, screw up during practice, no one would yell at me, because we'd all go through the same drill. So, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, everyone was a part of the team, and no one really cared. Did you ever have like a, like a, like a welcome to varsity moment where you just get absolutely demolished
0: in yeah. some way? And then, uh, it was when we were playing South Lakes in fresh... in, in this basketball, yeah, basketball for some uh, freshman year, traditionally very good at
1: basketball. Yeah. And but... so we were playing this, this guy named Shojo. He's a, he's a SoundCloud rapper, <laughs> but he's like, he's, he's verified on SoundCloud now. And he has like, he's like a bunch of uh, <laughs> songs with over like a million views on SoundCloud. And so... We were playing against him, it was a really hyped up game, and I got in the game, and I was going one-on-one against him, and he picked my pocket and I fell, and then he made a layup, and it ended up being his uh, intro on his YouTube channel. <laughs> and after that, everyone like clowned me at school, but that was when I really knew that like it's, like, it's going to be tough the rest of the year. Dang. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if that happened to me, I think I'm just quitting basketball
0: right there. Yeah, I don't it think was. I, I, don't think I didn't, I didn't there. go in for the rest of the game,
1: it was just <laughs> pretty
0: bad. So this year, you were one of the three captains of the basketball team. What does it mean for you to have your peers kind of have that sort of respect for you as a captain? And then how have you worked to, you know, be the best captain that you could be for your teammates?
1: Yeah, the captain was really important to me just because I'm not like the biggest guy on the court. So I always have to make sure like I'm really vocal out there. Mm -hmm. Just because I need everyone to follow me, and no one's gonna fall like that. That short five eight point guard, if he doesn't like talk and get everyone like motivated, mm-hmm. so I really gotta like make sure that I'm I'm pushing everyone to be their hardest. Cause at the end of the day, if if you're not pra- if we're not practicing hard, we're not gonna perform in the games. And it's good to have Quinn and Daniel out there because they're like some of my good friends. Mm-hmm. So like we can like talk about it after practice, like some of the things we can do to like hype everyone up before big games and stuff. And if, like, things aren't going well in practice, we can talk to the coaches and stuff. So it's it's good to have a lot of communication between the captains. Yeah, and you
0: referenced being in that position as freshman where you came in and the older guys were welcoming of you. Yeah. How, how how are you filling that role? And then with some of the younger guys, like, we, I know we have a couple sophomores on the team, and then we have JV guys who are going to be coming in next year. How are you making sure it's a welcoming environment while also making sure – like, they're performing to their highest caliber.
1: Yeah, I just make sure that no one feels too much pressure during practice. If they mm-hmm. screw up, I, like, give them a tap on the the back and just make sure that they're okay. And, like, we went to we went to Daytona this year, mm-hmm. and that was a really good team bonding event because we'd all, like, have team dinners together, and we'd all stay in, like, the same hotel rooms. And so we'd, we'd like, go in, like, the team pool. And even though it was really not that nice down at Daytona <laughs> – Like, it was still, like, a really good bonding experience because we, like, all experienced uh, that, like, not nice talent, but we made it, like, nice together. We had this, at the end of our trip, we had this um, team volleyball event where we played uh, 6v6 versus each other, and it got, like, super intense versus the end where we were, like, we started, like, fighting each other, Mm -hmm. but then when we got back to the hotel rooms, we all made up, and that's, that's what probably brought us the closest throughout that entire trip, even though, like... We played, like, four basketball games down there. That one volleyball game, probably. <laughs> you yeah, should put Coach O'Brien
0: in. He's, like, sits eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> spite in. <laughs> like, did you notice... Were there ever any, like... I, I don't know if cultural is a strong word, but any, like, cultural, like, differences in the actual games um, that you played? Like, do you notice know, teams play a different style and the fans are different? Or is it just, at the end of the day, it's just basketball and you're, you're uh, just going after
1: it? Yeah. Usually, like, before games... One game in particular, Yorktown, mm-hmm. so, like, it was their senior night, and we go out for a warm-up layup lines, and they're not out there yet, and there's no warm-up music playing, and they have their whole student section just screaming at us, mm-hmm. and I, I remember, like, right as I got out there, they would all just, they were just yelling, number three, you suck, like, you're so short, and, like, at first, it, like, kind of gets in your head, but then you started zoning it out mm-hmm. once you, like, know that you can, like, trust your hard work, and then... Uh, you really can't, some, some schools you don't notice, but one of the, one of the probably hardest student sections to play against is Wakefield, just cause all of the play, all the fans are almost on the court, mm-hmm. which is pretty weird. And their admin don't, don't really monitor what they say. And they also have che- all the Arlington schools have cheerleaders. Yeah. So, uh, they have a big home court advantage cause they get a lot of momentum.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will say, as someone who uh, I was at that uh, Yorktown game that you referenced, it was it, It's a very like weird feeling because there's no music. Yeah. And so it's like once once the the jeering kind of dies down, it's like no one's saying anything, and it's not yeah. it, it, it quiet. It's like why am I just watching these guys warm up? Like, I'm yeah. supposed to be getting excited? Yeah, yeah. And also Yorktown's gym. It's, yeah, like,
1: Yorktown's, weird. It's... Their student section, like, the stands it, aren't fully down. They're, they're not all the way out. The ones that are all the way out, we sit on. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I and not, so, I didn't like, get they get... All their volume is just, like, projected towards like the players. Like, concentrated. Cause yeah, because all the way down the court, too. Yeah. They it's, get that entire side to their players. It's strange. Yeah. Um, it's, how, do, how does being
0: a captain... How does that manifest, like, on the court? Like, while a play is happening or, you know, when you're setting up a play, like, how, how are... Are you, like, asserting yourself as a leader in those cases? I know as a point guard it's a little bit yeah. different, but is there is there still some level of difference maybe that Daniel and Quinn also do, or is it just when you're on the court, everyone's playing, there's not really a difference there?
1: Uh, my role in particular, just because I'm a point guard, it's, like, my role as a captain. I look at, like, OB and get the plays, and if no one knows him, I would, like, point where they would go. But, like, Quinn, he's a different type of leader. He's a really vocal leader, so if we're not playing well, he'll, like, let everyone know. He'll, like he'll scream at you but like that's kind of what we need Mm -hmm. because i'm not really that like push over the edge type of captain Mm -hmm. he kind of fills that role for us and then daniel just like we like let him play his game because Mm -hmm. he's like our top scorer and everyone everyone just kind of follows him because he's kind of that guy on the court yeah we all have like our different roles that like play well together and like mesh well together i think that's why we had some good chemistry on the court yeah makes sense so Uh, you've referenced it a couple times already. You're not,
0: you're not the biggest guy on the court. Yeah. In fact, you're usually the smallest. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This year you, you did get uh, selected to the all district defensive team. Yeah. Congrats on that. It's awesome. Thank you. How do you emphasize your defense? How do you make sure your defense is at a supremely high standard while being smaller than the
1: guys who you're guarding normally? Uh, I'm, one thing I have on everyone else is my quickness, mm-hmm. so I know I can if I get up on someone that they're not going to blow by me because I know I can just rely on my quickness to get back and help. And then uh, speed versus quickness was what's oh, the there? well, speed is kind of like it's not really reacting; it's like you can kind of just get from one place to another really fast. But quickness is when someone makes a like a move, you can like react fast and oh. emphasize like getting there. It's like changing direction, yeah. And so I I really I think my quickness plays a great deal in my defense, just because uh, I can get to places like take charges. That's one of like my mm-hmm. biggest things this year, like throughout high school, is taking charges, just because it's it's so easy. Because the the refs love to call when you mm-hmm. emphasize the fall.
0: Yeah,
1: and then It's a little what, bit of flopping, was, but yeah, it's, a little it's, bit of it's, flopping. It,
0: it's calculated.
1: Yeah, and that one. Remember the one kid on Yorktown? He would do the same thing, but his, was his was number, number he 12. was number four. Oh yeah, yeah and
0: the, he he fell in his last game. Yeah, ever. the
1: guy the that's guy he, he wasn't quick, he wasn't he wasn't fast, but he would just he would Be stutter at game. you right before you drive and then he'd immediately fall and they'd give him the call every time. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't really call that good defense. I would call that just that's a I don't like the way he played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it seems like an easy way out, but again he did fall out of that game.
0: Yeah. So Tells you what it says about that. Yeah. Um Quickness you reference speed reference. I know obviously you do a lot of speed work for uh, baseball because know, a sport you have to be fast at. But yeah. what about like weight room, lifting, being stronger than the other guys? Because even though you're not maybe blocking shots as much, you still have to be strong and staying in the guy's way so he can't just go through you. What's the weight room look like for you?
1: Yeah, I, uh, sophomore year, <laughs> I had to lay off the weight room the entire year because I hurt my back, which brought me – took me out of the whole basketball season and part of the start of the baseball season. Was it deadlifting? Yeah. Well, it ended up being like just an injury, that genetic injury in my back, but it was partially because my form was absolutely atrocious and I never stretched. I've been there. And so ever since then, I've been stretching every day before I would like take part in practice or like weightlifting. And I tried to try to hit the gym every day. Uh, that I don't have a game or practice, and then when I do have games or practices, I usually don't lift before games because I want to stay like in mm-hmm. top shape right before the game. But and then and then how do you like prevent being sore?
0: Like if you work out on a Tuesday and you have a game on a Wednesday, how do you prevent like any soreness there? You just stretch. a lot, Yeah, massage, I would stretch a lot, bath. but
1: like the biggest thing is consistency. Because mm-hmm. if you don't lift a lot, then uh, the next time you lift, you'll be like super sore the next day, and then you won't play well in the game. So I've just been. This season, I've just been prioritizing like getting in the gym at least three times a week. Mm-hmm. I've been taking P-Fit with Coach Wes, and he's been like, he's been putting me on like a schedule that's been good for our season. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, and he's also huge. Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, you ever hit any matches with him spotting? Yeah, I have. And also, I've Big Dave. He's huge, oh, and yeah. he has he has these velo slaps we do before PRs, and those. <laughs> I, hit
0: i can always tell <laughs> send me a big lift i'm looking at the website or, or, or like the instagram page yeah. and i see coach west spotting I'm like oh okay something someone's yeah. someone's hitting some weight that i you want to you want to like you want to prove to him that you're i you think put putting the work the coolest ones are always seeing um the squats where they have the guy squatting and then a guy spotting the squat and then everyone else on the end yeah everyone else is just, holding up the end of yeah, the bar and then everyone's just gathered around cheering around them oh yeah it's one of my favorite photos was um it wasn't a squad it was a deadlift yeah, but deadlift. Luke deadlift after McLean won the uh, d- district championship in baseball last year there's I don't remember what the caption was Dowling had a great caption for it but it's just this photo it's deadlift pulling 9 million pounds or however yeah. much it was and he's obviously working for it and then the entire team is around him with the banner and I just thought that was sick and I yeah. also thought like wow I'm never even going to be able to move that much
1: weight yeah during our lifts during the season uh, deadlift would <laughs> he would PR his uh, deadlifts and we'd all be around him And you'd see him moving this way. His face would go bright red. And then after, (laughs) his hands would just be ripped up. And he he would have no, like, emotion. He'd be like, yeah, that was good. That was 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 good. (laughs) Well, they don't call him Luke deadlift for now. Yeah. Um,
0: So, mentioned being a point guard. And kind of the leadership role that comes with that. Play point guard. And then you also play shortstop. Those are two big on-field, on-court leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And those are two very central positions in your sport. Um, why do you think you have gravitated towards those roles or is it just coincidental because of your size and your skill set or is it because you you prefer to be in that position of controlling the game from a standpoint where you can see everything happening? That's
1: a good question. I, That's a great question. Yeah. Um, well, I always kind of gravi- gone towards the point guard and shorts up just because of my size, but also as as I got taller and I got like... Like as strong as everyone else, in like like middle school and like the mm-hmm. start of high school, I kind of stayed at those positions because I, I really liked like telling everyone what to do because I knew I had like <laughs> I knew I kind of had like a sixth sense in that way where I kind of knew what was about to happen before it was like gonna happen, and so I like I liked uh, demand people around just because I knew it could help the team mm-hmm. uh, to win the most, and uh, the shortstop position is especially fun for baseball. Because it's the only position where you can really dive around in the infield. Yeah, every that's, time after a game,
0: I see you walk out, yeah, you have yeah, dirt going for your one ankles. That's one of my, one my favorite
1: things. And just, like, being the captain of the infield and, like, the entire diamond, it's, it's like, it's, like, a really, it gives you a lot, like, a big confidence boost just because you know, like, you're there for that reason. And it kind of helps you, like, that's definitely in that mindset. That's yeah. definitely, like, a premium
0: position. And yeah. And to have that kind of trust, I imagine, must be. Yeah, getting that nice trust thing. from Dowling is a big it's a big confidence boost. Yeah, and like like you referencing in your captain of the infield and, I don't know, Derek Jeter, however many yeah. legends there have been in the infield if you've been shortstops. Like, what what is that leadership, that captain of the infield thing, What is that actually, how does that manifest itself on the field? I know you referenced basketball, you're moving people around with your hands and you're uh, making sure everyone's in the right spot, but baseball, everyone's already in their spot. So what's the leadership there on the field?
1: Yeah, well... You can't really move people around, so you kind of just have to have them know that you have their trust in them. Like, if someone makes a bad play, you kind of just, like, tell them to move on and get the next one. And once they hear that, they kind of, like, know that everyone around them is trusting them. Because it's really – it's it's an individual sport when it comes down to, like, the analytics of it. But when everyone's, like, putting their eyes on you, it's, like, really – you need a lot of confidence to be able to make the plays because, like, one little error in your mind can get all messed up and then uh, everything can go into shambles. Yeah, so it's also kind of like picking up your teammates. When yeah, a... that's like okay. well, that's one of the biggest things.
0: Yeah, yeah. and um, – oh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you, guys, do you guys do, like, scouting pre-games sometimes against teams who have players that you need to look out for and certain – you know, cleanup hitters or whatever that you need to make different defensive game plans for?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's mainly towards our pitchers just because uh, when they face, like, like high-level hitters, mm-hmm. such as, like, the D1 guys that we're facing, they have to make sure that they play towards their, like, tendencies. So, like, if the guy's, like, a an oppo hitter, we have to make sure we put a shift on whenever he's up to bat. And then uh, whenever we're facing, like, a high-level pitcher, we always... Uh, Dowling always gives us a sheet where, like, his velo, like, what are, his preferences are, just so we kind of have like a sort of idea before we go up there, just so we're not going up blind. Just gives us the best chance of like succeeding.
0: Thoughts on MLB banning the shift? Uh, I'm gonna. I got, I, I'll hold back my opinion until I
1: hear what you think. I I like it, in the sense where. No, I don't like I it. Don't I like it feel either. like <laughs> you should have a strategy and if they can't if they can't adjust to it then why should they be able to That's what I I don't I I don't understand why teams are being punished for yeah knowing how to beat another team. And also seeing the bunt doubles is one of the greatest it's, things in baseball. Oh my god.
0: But um I disagree with the banning of the shift and they're also adding these large bases and everything. Yeah, but, no, I
1: do I do like the large bases just cuz there's so many instances where you almost get stepped on and, like with the cleats. And that and that really hurts.
0: Yeah, I can imagine
1: you've probably administered some of that at yeah. some point. What do you think about the the things that they're doing in the minor league ball? Are they juicing it? No, they're they're doing where they have different rules in this one minor league where, and sometimes they uh, they move the mound back like six in like a couple inches just to see like the change. And they're also having uh, robot umpires.
0: Oh yeah, I don't. Robot umps are one of those things that I think people are very, like, like, conceptually, obviously, it sounds awesome. We're we're going to put in this electronic device, which never gets anything wrong. But then, in practice, I don't think it would work. Because then, how can a robot ump tell you what the correct strike zone is for a guy who's short or tall? Yeah. Or a guy who, you know, like, like, like a guy like Aaron Judge. She's six foot seven? You want to give him the same strike zone that you're going to give Jose yeah, Altuve? Yeah. I don't get that. So... I mean, obviously I'm excited to see how it works at the minor league level because, you know, anything for less Angel Hernandez or whoever, yeah. that, that would obviously be a plus, but I think it's something that people are getting a little more excited over than they realistically should. Yeah. But this is not MLB podcast yeah. in our face here. <laughs> um, but speaking of baseball, uh, McLean came up just short of making the state yeah. tournament last year. It was a pretty brutal loss at the end. There was... Like walk me through how kind of that last game happened, how that season ended, what it was like for the players, and then, you know, how you guys are kind of recuperating
1: for this year. Well, Herndon was a, it was a really good team last year, and we knew that, yeah, and Herndon, we yeah. knew that we us and them were going to be the team that would get out of the get out of the region, and make it far in states. So we that was a rough game just because I we didn't have our best game as like some of our top players like me. Me and Griff, like, I, I, went, I think I went over 4 from hidden, and then Griff didn't have a great outing on the mound. And I think it was just... He was on short rest. Yeah, he was on short rest, but... It's one of those games where you kind of have to hand it to him because, like, they fought, and they were a really good team, and they, they proved it that game. And even though we fought back at the end... I was going to say, I think the brutal part is the fact we were down 5, and yeah. we scored 3. yeah. We, even though we fought back to the end, they deserved to win that game. They're, they're the better team in that game. But throughout the whole season, I think, I think we were the better team and they just, they just caught us on a, mm-hmm. on a bad day that game.
0: Cause we, we went two and zero oh against them in yeah, didn't we? Yeah. They're,
1: were, they're were both close games. So, and we just, <sighs> sometimes the wind blows their own way. Yeah.
0: We do win the uh, Jersey game though. Their jerseys are very ugly. Yeah. I hate the hurting jerseys. Yeah. They got those, the, it's like, it's like black base with like yellow pinstripes. It's, Nasty. I like pinstripes though. I don't like pinstripes. You don't like pinstripes? Like Yankees did it and then everyone else just needs to not do it. Like the Padres tried to do like grey or, or, or like brown on yellow. Like yeah. I love the Padres. I'm a i Sa- I'm from San Diego and I'm not I'm not down with that. Regardless. Um that loss happened. Tough loss. Um there was a lot of big momentum plays in that game, which yeah. I imagine made it more difficult. But um in the past now. You guys have lost a lot of talent. Griffin's gone. <clears throat> uh Evan Fontaine is gone. Um Avi Freeman, all these seniors, they all have, you know, gone to their colleges now. So, how are you guys making sure you're going to maximize your potential this year after a loss like that while also losing players who were big impact players for our team?
1: Yeah, well, we're going to I feel like we're going to have some guys step up like in carry AC, he's going to fill into that Griffin role. AC 1-8? he's been he's been he's been at R&D he's been grinding uh Jack Nance he's gone up in velo like Christian Dre they have all these guys young players last year i think they'll all take the next step this year and i think we'll be just fine in our pitching rotation and then in our infield and outfield Gabe just put on 20 th- 20 pounds he's looking he's looking good and he's fast yeah and we have Yuda back from injury mm-hmm. he's going to be good Gavin's just Gavin's a stud and then we have Eball, Chris. They're both they're both studs. They're yeah, going to get yeah, multiple hits this season. Like Really? Multiple hits? Yeah, I meant mul- <laughs> multiple multi-hit <laughs> games. Oh, multi-hit games. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we'll see who starts for us at catcher between uh, J-Dub and Chandler. But I think we had a lot of young talent last year. They're all going to take big steps going into this season.
0: Uh, fun fact about Aiden Carey, by the way. He's going to be our starting pitcher this year. He also has the most unstoppable unstoppable mid-range jump shot I've really? ever seen. He can't make a shot inside, and he can't make a three. But we play with him at Lewinsville or Dolly Madison all the time. If he takes one step inside, we call it Aiden range because he has this Larry Bird-type jump shot, and he makes every mid-range. I find that hard to believe. I, I, would, hard I, to would, believe. I would, too. Go check <laughs> it out. It's weird. You'll be playing a game, and he'll pull up from, like, two feet inside the three-point line, and you want to say just go take a three, but I've never seen him make a three, but I've seen him make a ton of mid-ranges. Um, so, baseball season's coming up. Basketball season is nearing an end, um, which makes me happy cause I hate winter. <laughs> Terrible season. Um, give me a preview of the baseball season this year. What what big games are there to be looking out for? Which players should we be expecting to make the big plays? You kind of went over it a little bit, but yeah. just kind of a little bit
1: more in depth. Uh, so, our, we start off the season with, Two of the best teams in the state. I was we, gonna ask about that. We yeah. We come out. We play Gonzaga home, and then we play Colgan away. And, and also like St. Albans Independence. And yeah, everything. and so and Gonzaga's been like a. It's been it's been an up and coming rivalry throughout these couple of years, and they only they lost one guy, but he was their guy. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Who's it? Nick Morbido. Oh right, yeah. he is
0: on the Mets now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's always a good game. So that that's one of the biggest games that'll be happening. Yeah, well,
0: last year we played them first game of the year as well. I think we only lost by one.
1: Yeah, and there was uh the there's over ten MLB scouts there, and I'm sure there'll be MLB scouts mm-hmm. this game because we have a their team is a lot. Of, they have like I think six, five or six D1 players yeah, and a couple D3s, guy. and then Colgan, uh, almost went undefeated last season. Made the state semifinals and lost to Herndon. Lost to Herndon, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then they have a. Freedom beat them. Yeah, freedom. They're going to be the best team in the state this year. I heard uh, they had five D1 pitches last year. Yeah, they do. Oh my God. Yeah, and they've all played together for multiple years. That's scary.
0: Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, I do the announcing for the uh, baseball games as well, so I'm always up in the booth. And at the Gonzaga game, it was the very first game I had ever done in the booth. And I definitely remember looking, kind of peering over the window and looking down. And the space in between the bat stop and the booth, there was an entire line of scouts. And it was always cool because sometimes they wear their hats, which have the team logo yeah. on them. And you're like, wow, those are like yeah MLB scouts. Those are not just like any normal guys. Is there is, is there any like like, even for the guys who are not... Like, like they're probably not there for a lot of the guys on the team. You know, last year they're probably there for Griffin and Morbido. Yeah, yeah. Um. Is there any feeling of like if I put on a show tonight, you know, there's might be some interest or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's
1: always know. that kind of fantasy in the back of your mind. Like when you, I remember I made that one play uh, against Gonzaga where I dove to my right and threw the guy out at third. Mm-hmm. And in my in the back of my mind, like uh, after uh, the, I was like, that's it. In that's the back it, of my I'm mind going. after the game, I was like, I wonder if one of these guys is going to come up <laughs> to me, but obviously, uh, like. They're, they're there for the, the D1 guys. They, they put in the hard work throughout the years, but it's, it's really cool to see just because, like, growing up, you even watching the MLB games, mm-hmm. and you'd never think that, like, an MLB scout would even, like, ha- have your mind name on their radar. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, I think It's like all of a sudden I'm, like, two degrees removed from, like,
0: an MLB team. I know. This guy knows the GM who knows all the players, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that is the organization.
1: Yeah, and also uh, junior year, or no, sophomore year, uh, first game of the season was against Madison. They had Bryce on the mound. And uh, they triontos? And Triantos. And so they, there was also like six or seven MLB scouts there. And that was my first game on uh, varsity and even playing a game because of the year before I'd gotten canceled. And so I was I was hitting against Bryce. And I, that was like the most nervous I think I've ever been. Where's he at now? Uh, Bryce, he's a senior at Madison. He's committed to Alabama. Bryce El- El- Eldridge Eldridge, Eldridge. Yeah. yeah I've heard of that yeah, yeah.
0: he's good and then Triantus is, I think the he's, he's a top he's f- f- top ten in
1: the Cubs yeah. prospects he's, he's he's insane he won them states that year right yeah he won them states and he's he had a really good single A season with the uh, Myrtle Beach Pelicans I think
0: yeah there was there's, there's a lot
1: there's a lot of talent
0: in yeah, this area it's always kind of funny to think yeah. about like wow that guy I went to school with is going to the MLB season. yeah like, that's weird. Yeah, and, and you referenced that twenty twenty team and it was, I think a very tragic year because we had a we had a squad that year. Yeah. And that team that team could have gone that team could have gone far. That team could have gone very far yeah. from what I've heard. I wasn't I was still in middle school at that time, yeah. so I wouldn't have even gotten the feelings, but so <laughs> very cool. Um so you're you're in your second semester of your senior year now. Your last games of basketball, they're they're numbered and you're heading into your last uh, season of baseball. Is there any sort of sadness, melancholy feeling to this being kind of the end of your high school sports career, or is it more just excitement to leave on a high note?
1: Uh, I'm definitely kind of feeling it as the season's starting to end just because I know that I'm not going to play organized sports like again in my life. So this is kind of my, my last opportunity, last dance, as you could say, <laughs> we're going States. Yeah. And, uh, so I really like, I'm trying to like take advantage of every practice I'm having and not like take anything for granted just cause like, even though like some of the practices seem like so annoying and like you're running like all the time, it's just, it's fun to be out there and like know that like it's your last year. So I'm trying to take advantage of everything that's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine there's like being there on your senior night must be kind of surreal feeling. You're yeah. Like, Oh wow, this is for me because you you spend all those years watching your teammates or your friends or you know football people in other sports Mm -hmm. and you go okay that's cool but it's not going to be me
1: yeah it it kind of just hits you right as you when I was walking like shaking hands with Ob like I was at the end of the game or at the at at the the beginning beginning of the game I was just I was kind of just like in shock almost because like my family Mm -hmm. was around me and like everyone was cheering. But I was kind of like, had this happen like three years ago. Yeah, I, was I was like, I was that guy on on the bench yesterday. just clapping for everyone else. And now I'm that guy walking up about to leave.
0: Yeah. So kind of topical, I guess. What has been like your favorite memory with McLean basketball and then with baseball? You know, what's what's the one thing that always tits out in your mind? I, uh, I know what you're going to say for baseball, which is, you know, I haven't made my favorite memory yet, but
1: let's, uh, let's pick from what you have. Basketball, probably the game, the home game against Lang this year. It was my career high. We won our last Langley game, and made you have? I had thirteen—not like that high of a number, but it—it it was my first ten-plus point game, and right. it was just—it was like it was surreal because, like, last landing game, career high, that was a crazy and a win, two-point game. That atmosphere was wild. Yeah, it was a Tuesday. It was a, like it was a Tuesday, it was a, it was a Tuesday night, it was
0: Friday. I can't even imagine. It was
1: a Tuesday night, and our student section was insane like, it was full it would,
0: i that's why i was glad that i was doing the the announcing so like, i would never be able to find a place to sit yeah and i remember at the, was... at the very end of the game you kept getting fouled and taking these long walks yeah. down to the free throw and i was just like man i would not want to be in that spot right yeah It's <laughs> so has be nerve-wracking and then a uh, baseball
1: oh baseball favorite moment <sighs> has to be hmm Probably. It's going my, to be the state championship
0: game this year. It's going to be the
1: state championship this game. It was probably winning the district championship last year. Mm-hmm. And specific moment, I'm going to go with... It was the the top... No, it was the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, they had their lefty JMU commit up. And he hits like a little dribbler up the middle. Was this Herndon or Yorktown? It was Yorktown. It was Yorktown. It was Yorktown. And so... I scoop it up with one hand, I sidearm it to the first yeah. baseman, and I just start screaming because I that's like right. cause no. that was like that was their leadoff hitter that mm-hmm. inning, and I kind of knew that almost sealed it just because the rest of their lineup wasn't as strong as that guy, and I kind of knew that's where we were gonna win it, and it was just surreal because that play wasn't that easy. And I I knew I couldn't make it last year, but mm-hmm. this year I put it in the work and like that's the play I've been practicing. Yeah, and so it felt. Pretty surreal making that play. And I'm sure we got some good stretch out of AJ at the yeah, first base. Yeah, for there.
0: sure. He has some crazy pits. That yeah, he's wild. He's he's got some flexibility. He's a to big him. guy. And he's he can, big. He can move. He, he, he can he can do this. I think he can he's gonna almost do the splits. I feel like if first base. You kind of it's it's contractual God, obligation. Yeah, yeah. But that's all I got for today. Do you have anything you want to say on the record? Uh, I still do not believe that AC has a mid range jump shot at uh, all. Aiden, I know you're listening to this and you got you got to go prove it i mean it's still a tough contention between you or jacob who's better at basketball but i think the mid-range i'll take his but um thank, to everyone, thank you to everyone for listening thank you of course jacob for coming out it's yeah thank really you awesome for having, having me yeah um make sure to check him out on instagram whatever go to the baseball games this year they're a lot of fun we're gonna win a lot of games we're really good yeah it's our time <laughs> so state bounds thank you for listening state bound, championship bound regional bound whatever bound Um, and I will see you guys on the next episode.